Welcome to this special holiday edition of Scaling Up H2O. I am Trace Blackmore, your host for this special holiday edition of our podcast. Folks, we are smack dab in the middle of industrial water week. It is the first time that us water treatment folk have had a holiday just for us. I want to know how you're celebrating industrial water week. I tell you, one of the things that I've done is I have reached out to the people that have helped me most in my career. Unfortunately, I can't do that to my dad. He's not with us anymore, but I can do that to two of my mentors that have helped me so much in my career. One you heard from yesterday, that's Bruce Ketrick, CWT. Folks, I can't tell you how much he has done for me to help me in business as a water treater, but today you are going to meet another one. And I'm still gonna keep you in suspense because we are celebrating Industrial Water Week by you going to scalinguph2o.com and recording me the question that you wanna ask on Scaling Up H2O, and that's what you've done. And we're gonna listen right now to a former guest of Scaling Up H2O, Andy Morcombe. Hey, Trace. It's your old lab partner, Andy Morecambe from JTEC. I wanted to call in and ask you about cycles of concentration in a cooling tower. Up in the Midwest, we've got a lot of facilities that are trying to cut back on water use. So my question was, is if you're able to control your limiting factors like hardness and alkalinity, even silica, is there any reason why you would stop cycling your cooling tower? Can we take it to 10, 15, even 20 cycles? What other reasons would there be to stop cycling a tower above a certain point? Thanks for your help. Andy, thanks so much for your question. And how many of us have really thought about that? You know, we have these limiting factors. A nation, if you don't know what limiting factors are, there are certain ions in the water that we are only able to concentrate up a certain amount of time before they produce some sort of scale or other problem. And one that I'll throw out very easily that I think we all know about is silica. Silica, I think we all agree, well, I don't think water treaters agree on anything, but 150 parts per million, depending on some other things that you've got out there, I can just hear Bruce in the back of my head explaining why other reasons would work against uh, 150. But let's just use 150 parts per million of silica. When we're concentrating up a cooling tower, we don't want that to go above 150 parts per million. So if we have 10 coming out of the makeup water as silica, we could only concentrate that up 15 times before we would hit that 150 limit. Of course, when we do that, that's a little too close for comfort. So what most of us are going to do is we are going to back off of that just a little bit so we have a little margin of error. But Andy's question builds that in and he's saying, okay, Trace, we've already done all those things. So I can run this tower up way higher than I am doing right now. And I'm not going to hit any of my limiting factors. Can I go ahead and do that? And the answer is yes. And the answer is no. Again, the whole purpose of us having a holiday is we're celebrating we are water treatment professionals and we have to know all the things that are going on with the water. 
Now, it's important for you to understand that if we concentrate up to an, a concentration ratio of eight, and then we concentrate up to nine and concentrate up to 10 and 11 and 12, the savings is not as big as you would think that it would be. So let's look at that. If you take a one concentration ratio, and by the way, concentration ratio is the term that I like to use for cycles of concentration because it never fails when I'm explaining to somebody how a system concentrates and I let them know what it is that it's doing and then I ask them a question about it and I refer to it of cycles of concentration they will come back with it's how many times the water is circulating through the system. And of course, it is not that. It is the fact that only pure water evaporates, leaving its solids behind. And every time a volume of water gets evaporating out, leaving a volume of water's worth of solids behind, that is a cycle. But what I like to call it is that is a concentration ratio. So in Andy's question, why can't you do that indefinitely if all of your limiting factors are okay? Well, one, there's not as much cost savings as you think there could be. And as I was saying earlier, to go from one concentration ratio to two is your hugest impact because that's a 50% savings. That's huge. You're using 50% less water by doing that. In contrast to that, if we were to move up to four concentration ratio, that's going to be one quarter, 25%, the water that we would have used originally when we just had a once through system. So in the fancy name for that is the reciprocal of the concentration ratio. What is that? That's simply if I have a concentration ratio of four, I'm going to put one over it. That makes it a reciprocal. And one-fourth is 25%. So 25% of my initial value is what I am saving there. Well, as we get higher up into the concentration ratios, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 times, the savings just isn't there because the percentage gets lower. So what I would ask that we all do is see exactly how much water we're saving and then what are the issues that could be caused because we're concentrating that up so much. Now, finally, Andy, I'm getting to your question. The issue that I see far too often is that people think they're saving a tremendous amount of water by concentrating the water up to this incredibly high amount and we can do that here in Atlanta. We have very soft water, but what happens is the organic loading in the system becomes so incredibly high, there is no way to keep it clean from the microbial activity that's taking place. Now, why is that? Well, all that organic carbon is acting as food, and we just have this tremendous buffet for all these things to eat, and these guys are going crazy, and it's very difficult for our biocides to work in a situation like that. Now, we can get them to work, but normally it's not gonna work on the same program than it did before we had all of that loading. So I hope that starts to answer your question. And moreover, I hope that that question has gotten you to think about what our job is, 
Our job is to treat water properly using as little as we can and keeping everybody safe in the process. But sometimes we have to make sure we know where the savings goes too far and it's just not enough savings. And now we're creating some issues in the system where we can't solve our core water treatment issues, which is control of scale, corrosion, microbial fouling, and dirt and debris. Well, folks, I'm not going to keep you in suspense any longer. Yesterday, I introduced you to Bruce Ketrick. Today, I'm going to introduce you to another one of my mentors. His name is Jay Farmery, CWT. You know, I'm thinking of it, we've had the next editions of each of these individuals on Scaling Up before we've actually had these people on Scaling Up. Bruce Ketrick, of course, we had Bruce Ketrick Jr. on last year. He was the president of AWT. And then several times on the show, uh, we have had Michelle Farmery, daughter of Jay Farmery, on the show. So now we're getting to the original formula of each one of those. And today we're talking with Jay Farmery, CWT, and Jay, just like Bruce, has invested a whole bunch of time and effort into me, and I am so much better because of that. So thank you, Jay, and also thank you for coming on and answering this next question. Hey, Trace, this is Leith with Pulse of Feeder. My question is about managing efficiencies in critical processes. So in a cooling tower and a boiler, how do you weigh downtime against maximizing your water consumption and chemical consumption? Well, there's a lot of thought process that goes into versus the chemical consumption. The biggest thing is for a chiller or for your cooling tower, because your cooling tower is not the most important thing. It's the chiller and it's the up and down cycling and the scaling of that piece of equipment. To give you a real quick indication, approximately 800 tons of cooling costs a facility here in the Northeast about $350,000 for their electric costs for a year's period of time. You know, you put a quarter inch of scale on there, you're going to add to that cost about $75,000 to $80,000. So there's your ROI. And the biggest thing is we don't worry about the chemistry as much, but your job as a water treater is more or less to not sell chemicals, but prevent energy use. I mean, we we look at green building systems and, and things like that. We're trying to keep them green so they're using less energy, less water, and less everything else. You know, the other things, I mean, you go between two and four, six cycles. You've got your maximum solubilities. You remember you have to hit, but these are all the things you really want to look at. And then, you know, what's your water cost? What's your sewerage cost? I mean, your sewerage costs in California and places like that are over $25 per thousand. Here in Pittsburgh, it's 7 to $9 per thousand, and it's going up. It's going up about 5% a year. So that's the ROIs you have to do some calculations on. You know, for downtime, for boilers, shutting a boiler down over the weekend does a lot of damage to that boiler. I'm dealing with that with a pretty large account that has turbines and everything else, and they shut down every weekend. Well, they've done a lot of damage in the last five years since they've adopted that practice. Now they're having to retube the boiler. That's going to cost them upwards of $1.4 million. 
So Jay, basically what you're saying is the heating and cooling of the metal has stressed it so far that it has to be replaced. Well, they've caused other problems because when the boiler shuts down, you're drawing in air, you're sucking in air. Maybe they, they're putting their sulfite levels up a little higher or their oxygen scavengers up a little higher, but they're still drawing in a lot more corrosion, especially in the economizer and the superheater and things like that. So that's causing damage to those and that's causing more deposits. And they're actually on RO water, which even makes it a little bit even more aggressive. So now we have another issue. So they have full-time operators. If they leave them on you know, low fire over the weekend, even though they're not going to be in production, we have done the calculations. And it was a wash for what they were saving in, in energy costs. So, I mean, that's the biggest thing as a water treater. We have to start learning to talk in a different mode. Talk in ROIs. What's the return on investment of adding the chemistries? Don't talk about scale, corrosion, and fouling. You know, in a cooling tower, what's the cost of a, a Legionella outbreak from your cooling tower or a system? I'm working on a lawsuit right now. It's $20 million on a wrongful death suit for Legionella. So not putting that chemistry in or not doing the things that you have to do, you have to talk about the return on investment. You're saving them from the bad publicity. For some places, it's tough to put a dollar value to that. But you also have to talk about what it's going to cost them in real dollars. A $20 million lawsuit is probably going to cost that company with time away from the other things. Even with their insurance, if they're not self-insured, it's probably going to cost them about a million to a million and a half just in, in time. And I don't know any water treatment program that's costing them a million dollars unless it's you're in a steel mill or something like that. Jay, I remember a while ago, and it was in some trade journal. I want to say you showed it to me. It showed all the different costs to run, say, a chiller plant. And the lowest cost that they had in the chiller plant was water treatment. I want to say it was about 2%. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. You really have to look at the, the, the chemical cost is, is nothing. So everybody's 30-second to one-minute commercial about themselves and their companies cannot be about water treatment. Nobody understands water treatment. You must have talked about energy savings, utility savings, and things like that, and protecting the people around them, protecting the environment. That's what we actually do. It has nothing to do, remember, water is only the transfer agent from getting the chemicals to the equipment. We use water to get the chemistry to protect the boiler, to protect the cooling tower, to protect the people. Jay, let me ask you. So you and I, we don't know each other. We're in an elevator. You've got that 30 seconds to one minute to convince me what it is that you do. What do you say? Well, I'm in the energy savings. Basically, I'm trying to protect my clients from using more electric and natural gas costs. I'm also trying to prevent people from Legionnaire's disease. We're looking at Legionnaire's disease quite a bit in our industry, in cooling water systems and potable water systems. We're looking at Legionnaire's disease and we're trying to help our clients make sure they don't kill people. That's pretty strong. Jay, I want to thank you for coming on and helping us answer this question from Lathe. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of Industrial Water Week. Okay, Trace. Have a good day. 
Jay, thanks so much for coming on this special holiday edition of Scaling Up H2O, celebrating Industrial Water Week. Of course, we're talking about cooling. Jay, Bruce, you guys are both scheduled for a complete interview to come back on the show. So Scaling Up Nation, be sure to listen for that. I can't say enough good things about these two gentlemen, and I cannot wait to have them on Scaling Up H2O. Well, we have just completed our third installment of Scaling Up H2O Holiday Edition, Industrial Water Week. It is Wednesday. We are smack dab in the middle of Industrial Water Week. So what are you thinking about that you can change about what you do on a regular basis that's going to impact on everything that you do on a regular basis. Does that make sense? So what are you doing just mechanically that maybe you can give a little bit of thought to and because you're giving thought to that one item, it's gonna change everything that you do. I don't expect that to come quickly to you. I do expect that you use the rest of today, Wednesday of Industrial Water Week to try to figure out what that is, and then tomorrow try to put that into application. Folks, we've got two more episodes of Industrial Water Week. So tomorrow we're talking about wastewater, and then finally on Friday, we'll be wrapping up the special holiday edition with careers. Folks, can't wait to talk to you on scaling up tomorrow. Thank you.